0: Hey everyone, this is Mike Witt and Matt Scott with Contact Industries. And we're here for episode number 19 of Complacency Kills, a contact podcast. And uh, you know, the main point or, or topic we'll be focused on today is talking about kind of weapons ports. A lot of people aren't familiar with them. Um, so kind of just going over what they are, what their purpose is, um, what the differences are in some of the applications that that some of our customer base that would be listening to this might have interest in exploring in the future. Um, So, Matt, if you want to kind of say hi, maybe lead us in and and kind of what you do here and maybe how you get involved in weapons sports on a pretty frequent basis. Yeah,
1: no, I appreciate it. Uh, Matt Scott here. I am the Critical Infrastructure National Sales Manager. Uh, I've been doing this for about five years now and uh, uh, rightfully enjoying so. Um, I've been kind of integrated in this mix and selling ports now for uh quite a bit and really what we see when engaging with a lot of customers and their ports are their misconception of you know just firing a weapon out of nothing well what if you had the opportunity of being protected and opening up let's say a 12 by 12 uh, space and uh you're, you're protected and you're able to you know, take out the enemy. So, uh, you know, ports are, uh, sort of important. So could you give,
0: uh, our listeners just a basic definition of what a weapons port is? Yeah. A
1: weapons port is, you know, your basic construct of a, you know, ballistic cover that, you know, can either deviate left or right and, uh, cover.
0: All right. Perfect. Super helpful. Um, so yeah. So when it comes to weapons ports, typically you're going to find them in a, an existing hardened position, right? So a guard booth, um, a armored uh shield position. Um, and so when it's fully closed, um the position itself is entirely protected from ballistic threats. Um, and so, you know, port just as in the same concept, you would find like a port hole on a ship, right? It's a hole in the side of a ship usually used for observation. Um, this is the same exact concept. However, you know, it's usually a piece of ballistic glass or ballistic plate that is there um that can be slid to the right, to the left, or manipulated in some fashion to allow a security officer. Um, to observe and engage targets while remaining primarily fully protected or as protected as possible if they use the port properly. And so when it comes to weapons ports, um, you know, there, there's really two, again, going back to ballistic standards, there's two ballistic standards that are typically used, the NIJ standard and the uh, UL 752 uh, standard uh, that's used more worldwide. Um and uh with those right we can we do and create weapons ports that protect everything from small pistol rounds all the way up to heavy duty 50 cal uh, armor piercing rounds and so with that uh, we want to take um that weapons port to match whatever threat environment that you're in um so um you know we get the flexibility there's pros and cons of going uh heavier right when you go heavier um they become much more difficult to manipulate um but the benefit is obviously increase in added protection, uh, versus more, you know, a more agile, lightweight, uh, weapon support. Um, but with that being said, Matt, I mean, we, we you know, here at contact, we have a, a, a quick handful of, of, uh, you know, about four different, you know, standard weapons port styles, and then a bunch that we do custom work on, um, that don't really fit into either one of one of those four categories. But uh, if you could, you know, go through and kind of, yeah. you know, walk everyone through our basic lineup and,
1: yeah, no, of course. What uh, the differences are? Yeah. So we, we have our basic GP1 port. So our uh, our basic port that a basic slider slides uh, left and or right. Or you talked about earlier, and uh, you know that's uh, I would say that's the most standard and generic version of the the ball port. But it ranges from Nij4 all the way up to 50 cal. So um, uh, we see a lot of customers actually wanting to get that. You know, just because everyone loves basics, um, but I mean it does the job. And then uh, further on more so, we have our uh, more advanced port, and that's the GP2, and that's our kind of our weathering port. Now, what you were talking about earlier is like manipulating the ports. Uh, we see a lot of uh, customers, but also officers, manipulating these ports and having a better uh, weapons platform to utilize what we have is a uh, 8 to 12 inch arm on this GP2 port, the weather port. And you're able to kind of swing that to the left or swing it to the right and kind of lock in position and have a small opening more so than just a 12 by 12 opening. So that kind of better protects that officer. And it also seats fairly well and uh, kind of it combats the weathering elements fairly well. And uh, then we get into the nitty gritty and the all protection, the uh, the ball port. Now uh, everyone is like, well, what's that? Well, imagine yourself in a turret or a tank, and you're uh, you're well protected, and you're able to blast everyone away. So <laughs> it's 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 pre- it's pretty it's awesome. A real scientific breakdown. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty <laughs> awesome. But uh, what, what it is is uh, actual ball port, and uh, you can actually manipulate it uh, left or right. Uh, but you have your glass cartridge up top, and that glass cartridge actually protects you when you're able to visually see out of said port and having your compensator insert into the ball port while engaging the enemy or threat.
0: Yeah, and, and, and to be clear, when you're referring to uh, the ball port, the nomenclature for that that we use is the GP3, just so if anyone, anyone's tracking our website or following along on our catalog, and then I'll pick it up here at the end. So we have a variant of the GP3, which we call the GP3M, which is a miniaturized version of the GP3, and its primary um, uh, purpose is to be retrofitted into um, armored vehicles. Um, so a lot of armored vehicles will have um, weapons ports in them, so officers, when they're when they're using them, can either... Uh, engage with the public, pass objects through, um, and or engage uh, with our weapon systems, lethal and non-lethal weapon systems. Um, So what what we have done is taken that rough opening, um, which is a fairly large one, um, and we've been able to retrofit a GP3 port into that existing opening. And and what that's done is it takes an area of approximately seven inches by 11 inches um, that an officer is completely exposed through, and we take that exposure to Next to zero, um, especially once their their weapon is inserted into the GP3M. Um, again, they have the ability to view, engage um, uh, the threat, but they're still remaining fully protected behind uh, you know ballistic materials. You know, those are the really the you know the the main um, systems that that we design and manufacture here. However, within each one of those, we've done customized. Um, uh, variants of those systems that, that might, you know, better meet the mission specific needs of whatever that customer is looking for, whether it's adding, you know, I- embedding viewports into the weapons port, whether it's, um, you, know, you know, taking a standard GP1 and cutting it in half, right? So they have the ability to traverse left, right, up, down, um, just dependent on how they, um, um, you know, want that port to operate. So again, there's a lot of, uh, you know, opportunity out there, I should say, um, for, for um, meeting your specific needs. But one of the things that I want to mention that I think is interesting is that um, coming from prior military and doing a lot of, you know, anti-terrorism force protection work when you're standing post, whether, you know, it's you know at a base, you know, stateside or you're at a small FOB uh, deployed. There's a lot of things that are seen and used in the nuclear industry and in the DOE that aren't necessarily standardized or um, a norm in the military. And part of that, I think, for anti-terrorism force protection work is weapons ports. I know some, um, uh, some guard booths and some standards from the army Corps of engineers, they do incorporate, uh, they do incorporate weapons ports, but they're not very advanced. They don't, they don't really offer a lot of capability. Um, and uh, so what I would like to see in the future and what we're trying to do here at contact on the, on the defense side is kind of open people's eyes to what other technologies out there, because um, if you don't know, it's there, you know, a weapons port, you know, at the end of the day, it's, basic concept you know open and closed, but ha- you know there's a lot of detail that can go behind it that people just aren't aware of um that i think you know marines and sailors and soldiers could take benefit from for sure
1: yeah no i i completely agree you know without majority of the listeners probably falling asleep now uh what i'd like to say is you know from your past experience you had no ports i'm assuming in your military career no so <laughs> tell tell me a bit about what, how a port would have at least assisted or supported you and or your fellow marines while in combat.
0: Well, I mean the application that I really see for it um, if you're talking like forward deployed obviously um, if you have a a you know a fixed fob or somewhere like that where you're running ECPs for for you know, you know troops coming in and out. Obviously there when you're standing post, and you have a 240 249 um, anything like that um you know, going from you know, a wide open position that could be several feet by several feet that's surrounded by sandbags. But ultimately, you're, you know, you're essentially from your shoulders up is completely exposed. Um, you know, there are systems and solutions out there that can close that space in with ballistic protection pretty easily. Um, and so it, it, it just what it does, is it, it increases the survivability of whoever's standing post at an ECP um, or an overwatch or anything like that. Um, so it increases their survivability. And in some cases, depending on what kind of weapons port and weapon systems you're using, it can even increase their lethality as well. Yeah. I, I,
1: yeah. And just to hit on that, I mean, I, I've seen now, like back in the day when we were rolling with Buffaloes uh, and 8 x eight, 6 x um they had these small, intricate ports in the doors. But now, I mean, it, with contact, especially coming into play, we're able to go ahead and manipulate and put the gp3ms into uh more up armored vehicles uh you know you, like you said in sanded bunkers
0: actually it was pretty cool um before we release this i'll make sure we get authorization to talk about it but uh if you're familiar with the uh the company that that uh manufactures the rook like the armored bobcat yeah, yeah. with the shield system very cool system you know we We've been working with them for the last year and they're now integrating the GP three Ms into their armored systems. Um so I think more armored company, uh armored vehicle companies and stuff like that um will continue to adopt it because there is there is a benefit to it. Um it's a lot of it's pretty nuanced and so you know the feedback you're really gonna get from the officers that are in the field that are um, you know, having to engage suspects or targets while being shot at, you know, directly back at. And I mean, that's where the difference maker is because to an engineer um, or to someone that's not actually being shot at while they're having to do their job, you know, it doesn't make that big a difference. <laughs> yeah, it's a hole it opens and closes. Cool. Do your job. Um, so yeah, I, I think it does make a difference. Um, once you talk to those in the field that have, that have used our weapon sports and the safety it can bring an individual and allow them to focus and do their job. So they're not worried about getting. You
1: know, right. Now I, my main market, which is nuclear DOE and, uh, uh, power reactor sites. So I mean they're mainly dealing with fixed positions, whereas you know a lot of uh, other guys in this company, you know we deal a lot with uh, shields, uh, you know like like for instance, the mobile response shield. and we integrated uh, port. I think it was just a basic cutout. However, you know a simple port like that and or something that we can actually lock into place, you know, a, a simple four by four you know piece of rated steel. So, to speak, that can actually adjust. So, to, uh, you know, <laughs> we're looking to protect lives and save people. Uh, so, that's I mean, that's basic construct of, you know, these ports realistically. And then uh, you obviously eliminating out the threat. But back in the day, that would have been very helpful. <laughs>
0: oh, for sure. So, you know, I, I would just say this to, to wrap up is I would definitely start with saying uh, if you're in the nuclear or DOE uh, industries, um, definitely, definitely take a look at. Uh, contact and even other manufacturers out there but look at look at what's out there for weapon sports because the standard that came out like you know 20 years ago when a lot of these defensive positions were put in place um, weapon sports have come a long way um, so definitely do your research out there and see what you know what what requirements do you really have for your officers um, especially when it comes to force and force and drill um, what's going to protect them the most and and ultimately (coughs) produce a good result um, on your force and force, um, for law enforcement, definitely, um, take a look at our GP three M. I don't really think there's much, anything else similar to it. I do know that there's a, a company from Israel that has, um, a similar concept. Um, but, um, without going into the detail, it's not, it's not very mission adaptable to different weapon sets. It's primarily, uh, compatible with a standard M4A2 muzzle device. Outside of that, I've seen them used with the MP5s and stuff like that. But um if I can find it, I'll put a link uh with this podcast so people can see the differences. Um but yeah, so if, if you're in law enforcement though, definitely take a look into how you can get your uh your bear cap or your armored vehicle um upgraded to have more advanced and capable weapons ports. And on the military side, that's just something we're gonna continue to push um to to gain exposure because i honestly I, I, a lot of military leadership and, and those that are responsible for anti-terrorism force protection uh technology just that i i don't think probably have investigated as far as they could or should I, I agree. so
1: anyways what well, that's kind of the takeaways i have uh you know just to one additional of, uh, information uh especially for the new guys that are, are, are looking on uh, watching this Um, we retrofit we have a retrofit kit for a lot of ports that adapt so you know if you have something that you currently don't agree and or like to use we have an adaptable kit that has the gp1 all the way to gp3m that can adapt to said structure into a fixed position also uh, what you just hit on we uh, we definitely refurbish any additional ports as well uh, so if you have an older port that needs you know, newer rails or whatnot, we can also uh, accommodate that. Cool.
0: Well, uh, we appreciate you guys for hanging out with us for, uh, for these few minutes. Um, check us out on our website um, or email us at info at contactindustries.com. Um, and uh, I hope you enjoyed as fun of a conversation we can make about weapons ports. <laughs> Hopefully it, it, it was bearable. So anyways, enjoy. Hope uh, everyone has a good Christmas. Um, and, uh, we'll see you guys next year.